Luke 8, 40 through 50. Uh, I'm reading from uh, the NLT. It says, uh, on the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Verse 41, then a man named Jairus, a leader uh, uh, of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' uh, Jesus' feet, uh, pleading with him to come home with him. Uh, His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. After Jesus went uh, with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could not find a cure. Verse 44, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing uh, up against you. 46, but Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Uh, When the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble uh, and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her her explain why she had touched him uh, and that she had been uh, immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Uh, uh, where we're at, 49. Um, while he was still speaking to her, uh, so this is why Jesus was still speaking to the young lady. So a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, right? The leader of the synagogue and told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Okay. So she, she was dying. Got to get Jesus here. Tells Jesus, Jesus is on the way. Get stopped by this lady. Now a messenger says, you know what? It's over. She died. There's no reason to even trouble him with this. Verse 50, watch this. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, he says, don't be afraid, just have faith. She will be healed. Today we're talking about God said yes, and then it got worse. Okay, God said yes, and then it got worse. Let me let Brenda in on here. We have been talking about getting here um, uh, to this for a couple of uh, weeks now, maybe a month or so, uh, but we had a few other things we wanted to get to. Um, but finally, we're here. And, and, and again, it's God said yes, then things got worse. Um, uh, uh, yes is, is, is an affirmative word, right? Uh, it's an re- affirmative response to a question, to a decision, uh, to, to something that needs an answer. Uh, in most cases, we like the word yes because it's a green light. It means go. It means we're about to start. It means let's do it. It means it's about to happen, right? And so naturally, when we hear this yes from God, right, we think, all right, it's on. We think good things are coming our way. We say, God said, yeah, you know, we got the song. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. And so we love the yes, 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 right? So God says yes. And so naturally, we think, okay, God said yes to this thing. It is on, right? But what happens, though, people, when we hear a yes from God, okay, Impact, we hear the yes from God, but yet what we see or what we live through feels like a no, okay? What happens when we hear the yes, okay? Watch this, where we hear it, whether it's audibly, whether it's in our prayer time and God puts the yes in our spirit, whether it's something that we just feel, whether it's been confirmed through through reading or through uh, uh, teaching or whatever it is, somehow God confirms that the, that the answer you're looking for, that yes, that the answer is a yes, you're gonna get that, but then we hear it, but then what we're living in the moment doesn't feel like a yes. What we're living in the moment feels like a no. And what we're experiencing in the moment still feels like a no. And it's one thing if you're living in, 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 a, in a period or you're living through a circumstance where it seems like God hasn't answered yet, because then there still is the possibility of a yes. But when it feels like the answer is already coming, it's a no, even though you've heard yes, that can be confusing. I see you, mom. Listen, I heard a yes, but sometimes all I see is no. We go through this thing financially where we know that God is going to provide and he's got something for, and we've got seed in the, and all this stuff. And we shouting and we've got the church songs and we doing all this stuff. 
And it's like, I know he said yes to me financially, but every time I look at the account, it feels like a no. Or every single time that, 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 that I, I think there's a financial breakthrough, something happens with the car or something happens with this bill or something happens with that. And it's not that you're being selfish and you're like, God, bring the money. It's just that financially you need things. And he said yes. And you've got these plans and things that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it feels like a no every time you try to look at it or you get a yes regarding prayers for a family member, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm praying for this person. God comes through for this person. God, we're praying for them. And then, and then even though you've been praying for this person and you know what God said regarding them, that salvation will come and that also, and he's going to deliver them and stuff like that. But the, the way that they're living acts like God said, no, even though, you know, he said yes, right? Come on. And then watch this. You hear a yes. I see you, Ma. You hear a yes about a job, career advancement. Maybe you want to start your own business. You got all this stuff that you've been trying to do, and, but, but the interview process says no, or the support that you get from people who said they would support you feels like no. And you're like, I heard a yes. And I know I'm not crazy. I heard a yes. I felt a yes in my spirit. But for some reason, when it comes to this thing, that every, everything turns out to be like it's just a big no for me. They're acting like that is a no. Or the interview process is a no. Or the funding process is a no. There's all these no's to when I know that God said yes. Watch this. I hear yes about healing, but the illnesses doesn't go away. I think you guys get the picture that there are times when we hear a yes, and there are times when we know that what God will for us is a yes in certain areas of our lives. But still, there are times when it feels like we are experiencing a no, and it can be confusing again because we heard it, we felt it, it's been confirmed. Yet, watch this not only do things look like a no or feel like a no, what happens when those things where you know you got the yes from actually gets worse? What happens when the yes that I knew was coming financially? I see you, Ma. Watch this when that when when the Brenda, you get the yes, and then all and then not only does nothing change, what happens when it gets worse? Nisi, what happens when you get the Yes, but then things get worse, Sister Karen. And this is the situation that we read here in Luke 8 in regards to Jairus's daughter. Jairus comes to Jesus in distress, pleading for his daughter's life. Jesus says to begin to walk with him. So he's so so now in my mind, okay, cool. He's coming to the house. He's going to heal my daughter. Things are going good. Let's go. But now on the way, he gets a message from someone from his house that says she is now dead. So he got the yes. Jesus is on his way. I'm, I'm, I'm talking slow this morning, Montana. You're going to get this. Watch this. I'm talking slow. You don't have to text me about saying I talk, I'm talking fast. Not this morning. I'm doing it slow. Watch this. He gets the yes. Jesus is on his way. And then what happens? Then he gets the news that she is now dead. Now, this is not the only time where there's a yes. In, uh, we're going to go Bible. Watch this. Where there's a yes. And then things got worse after the yes. This happened here in Luke 8. Check out Exodus 4, 29 through 31. Check this out. Exodus 4, 29 through 31. NIV. Here's the yes. Moses and Aaron uh, brought together all the elders of, the, of, of, the, of Israel. Now, this is after, this is after you know, God tells Moses what he's going to do through Moses. Moses, oh, I can't do it. Oh, get Aaron. And he finally convinces Moses to do what he told him to do, right, to deliver Israel. So the moment of deliverance is here. So here we go. Uh, uh, Exodus 4, 29. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed signs before the people, and they believed. It says, and then, uh, and when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and seeing their misery, they bowed down and they worshiped. And so here's Moses and Aaron telling them, listen, God told us this. 
Deliverance is here. We're going to take you out. We're going to tell Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. And we're leaving out of here. Now, watch in Exodus 5. After Moses says this um, uh, uh, to Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, oh, really? Well, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to have to make bricks without straws. He told his people, don't get any more straws for them. They're going to have to gather the straws themselves and still make the same amount of bricks that they had to make when you were gathering it for them. Listen, the, the message of deliverance was there. They heard it and they bowed in worship. And then what happened? Then things got worse. Exodus 5, 22, 23, Moses returned to the uh, Lord uh, and said to him, why have you brought trouble to this people? Is this why you sent me? Watch this, verse 23. Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. And Moses is saying sometimes the same thing that we feel, that ever since I prayed about this, ever since I, you said yes, ever since I, watch, watch, watch this, Sister Karen, hey, Val, ever since I've been trying to live right, ever since I've been trying to follow the word, ever since I've been waking up and trying to pray every morning, ever since, watch this, ever since I became a giver, I've been seeing my needs go unmet. Ever since I've been, ever listen, I went to Pharaoh, I told him everything you told me. And ever since that time, all he's done has been oppress your people. And it's like, God, I listen, I go to impact and I feed the homeless and we're, and we're doing this and we're reading the Bible and we're going verse by verse. I'm helping people on the street and I'm trying to do this. But ever since I heard the yes and ever since the yes has been confirmed and ever since I've been walking and doing what you said, it seems like things have gotten worse that's what happened with Moses and Moses ever since I went to Pharaoh and did what you told me that he's been oppressing your people. And Jairus is saying, yes, he's going to heal him. And then here comes the bad news that what that 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 the daughter is what is dead. And we see these instances here in the Bible. And if we're real, we experience them in real life. And listen, I know this is a yes. It's not me mistaking it for a no, because sometimes we, sometimes we want a yes and God gives us a no. But I know this is not a no. This is a yes. Uh, and, and things look uh, uh, like, they, you know, uh, like they, that they haven't changed. And as a matter of fact, like we saw in these two stories, they get worse. And here's what's interesting. And what made it worse, imagine being Jairus, right? And he's coming to heal and he's coming to see your daughter. And then some other woman among all the crowd delays it because she want to get something. Wait, 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 wait. How'd she get hers first? How come she, I asked before and we were headed to do something else. And then here she is interrupting the Messiah coming to my house to bring healing. The thing that I prayed for, I went out to seek him. She's sitting here tagging along and just trying to touch him when I need him over at my house. And so now why does she get hers first? I, I was the one who asked. We were on our way to do something else. And so then, so now, so now he's looking, he's got Jesus coming to his house. Jesus get distracted by this woman. And now here comes the bad news. Oh, my goodness. And now comes the bad news. But the story doesn't stop at the bad news. Things got worse. She died. Things got worse. She died. Very few things in life worse than death. Uh, So let's go. Let's go back to Luke. So we can pull some lessons out of this because we see how this happens in the Bible. We've seen how it plays out in our own life. And maybe somebody right now is going through a situation where, you know, God said yes. And all you feel is like a hamster in a, in a wheel, spinning in a wheel, running, 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 and ain't going nowhere. And, and the only thing that's happening as you continue to run, 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 run because of that. Yes. Is you get tired. You, all you, all, all you feel, and, and now it's getting worse because I'm running. You said yes. And I'm going, you said yes. And I'm doing this, yeah, but I feel like I'm just running and running and running. And things are getting worse. Let's go to Luke 8. We're going to pull out, I think, six points here. Watch this. Point number one, y'all. When God said yes, and things got worse. Watch this. God is well aware 
of the current state of your affairs and he will respond even if things get worse. Okay. Keep that in mind. God is well aware. This is point number one. God is well aware of the current state of your affairs and will respond even if things get worse. Let's go to Luke 8, uh, uh, 50. This is right here in the story. Watch this. So, 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 so Jesus hears from Jairus. He's going with him. The woman touches him. He has this whole dialogue with the woman. Then all of a sudden the guy comes up and tells Jairus, listen, your daughter's de- dead. There's no need for you to even check in, check in on her. Don't bother the Messiah with this. It's all good. Here's what it says in the, the next verse that uh, Luke eight fifty starts with. But when Jesus heard what had happened, some of us need to stop right there. When Jesus heard what had happened. You have to be reminded that he hears. You have to be reminded that he sees. You have to be reminded that he knows. He is aware. He's not surprised. He, he knows that it got worse. He heard that it got worse. He saw what had happened because the messenger didn't come to Jesus and say, hey, don't worry about coming. Thing. No, Jesus heard this guy giving Jairus the bad news, the bad news that you may hear from the from the bank or the bad news you hear from the from the doctor, the bad news you may hear from a job like God hears that, too. That message wasn't given to Jesus. Jesus heard what had happened. And so not only did he hear, heard what happened, verse eight, uh, eight uh, chapter eight, verse 50 goes on to say, and then he what he said to J- So he heard the news. And then he said to Jairus, so watch this. Not only does he does he hear and sees and is aware of your situation and even when it gets worse, but he also has a response for your situation. Our God is not a God who is responseless. He is not a God that is a shock and surprise and unaware. Watch this and unequipped to handle your situation, even when it gets worse. He is capable of handling this and watch this. And he's more than capable of handling handling this even when it gets worse. What is it about a situation that when it gets worse, now we think God can't handle it, right? Like when it was on level one, God can handle this, but then something else happens and it goes to level four. And then we're like, oh, well, I don't know if God, like there's, there's no, there's, there's no limit to his capabilities, whether it's a level one emergency to you or a level four emergency. It, 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 it causes the exact same effort from his hands because none of it's too hard. None of it's hard for him. We have to, like, we talk about, you know, nothing's too hard. Of course, nothing's too hard. There's nothing hard for him. And so it doesn't, right? That's what we see here. He can handle it. That was an old Kirk Franklin song. He can handle it. Go on YouTube and look up. He can handle it. Kirk Franklin. Watch this. He can handle it because, because whether it's, whether you see it as a level one or you see it as a level four, it's all the same to him. It's stuff that he can handle. And so just because it gets worse, it doesn't mean that his yes is invalid. It doesn't mean it, it looks hard to you, but with him, it's, but to him, it's not hard. Amen. And so we see point number one, what, what, that, 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 that he sees your situation and is able to respond, right? Point number two, here we go. Watch what Jesus says to him. Point number two, we, we have, we have to be careful and make sure that we shift our focus from the now to what will be. Okay, we have to shift our focus from what? From the now. I see you, Montana. I'm talking. Watch this. Shift our focus from the now to what will be. Luke 8, 50. I'm going to keep reading. Watch this. Here's what it says. It says, uh, but when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, here's what he said. He says, don't be afraid. Uh, He says, just have faith and she will be healed. So what did he say to him? He said, don't be afraid. He says, just have faith 
and she will be healed. We're talking about a focus shift here. Number one, he says, don't be afraid. That fear comes in, watch this, and focusing on the now. Watch this on the now and the bad that we think is going to happen. And when we focus on that now and we focus on that current situation, watch this. Jesus didn't say don't ignore the current situation. He's not saying deny the current situation. He didn't say that it is what that it ain't what it is. No, no, she's dead. She she's gone. Okay. But 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 he's not denying it. He is saying, don't be afraid of the situation. Some of us, we got to wake up in the morning and stop being afraid of the things that we have to face. Listen, sometimes whether it's a financial struggle, whether it's issues on the job, whether it's stuff with family, listen, we have to wake up in the morning and say to ourselves, don't be afraid. Just have faith. That's what Jesus said. Do not be afraid of this situation. So he says, What? Don't be afraid. He says, focus on, because focus on now will do that. Focus on now will make you afraid, right? Watch this. He says, just have faith. That's a shift in our perspective to look at this thing through the eyes of faith, right? Listen, and it doesn't deny it. It just says that I believe that God can and will handle this, okay? Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And and I'm going to walk and live my life, watch this, in the confidence, knowing that he can and he will handle this. So he says, don't be afraid, right? Just have faith. Then he says, she will be healed. Focusing on what will happen. Watch this, y'all. Colossians 3, uh, 1 through 2 says, if you be risen with Christ, it says what? Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Watch this. And set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. And that set, that word set your affection, that is an intentional thing that you have to do. Sometimes our affection, sometimes our intentions is not automatically set on things above. Sometimes it is set right here in our current situation with what we're going through. But the Bible says, set your affection, meaning you have to place your affection on things above. It's not going to automatically happen. It's not going to happen by default. It's not going to happen because you say you're a Christian, that even though you follow Christ, you need to proactively and you need to intentionally set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, it says, think on these things, that here's what you are to think about. Again, that is an action. That is something that you have to initiate. That I, Listen, I cannot make Brenda, I cannot make Val think about good things. You have to set your affections. You, and, so, and so when we talk about shifting our perspective, watch this from the now to the what will be in faith, that is something that we have to do. Listen, we got to start memorizing this word, Psalm 121. We did a whole teaching on this Psalm. You should go back and check it out. Because I will lift up my eyes to the hill from which cometh my help. Come on. This is this is him saying, what? I will do. I will lift up what my, I will do. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The, watch this. The Lord is my keep. Make it personal. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade upon thy right hand. It says the sun shall not smite me by day nor the moon by night. It, watch this. The Lord shall preserve me from what? From all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Remember this stuff. And this is how we shift our focus from what we see now. And through faith, we believe and walk in what will be. That was point number two. Point number three, and this should, this should get you excited. Number point number three is understanding that your time is coming. 
Okay. Understanding, listen, that it wasn't, it wasn't Jesus' daughter's time just yet. It was that woman with the issue, right? And so that's, that happened first. It wasn't his time yet. Understanding that what your time, I see you, I see here. I'm sorry. I see you here. That my time is coming. Watch Luke 851. Watch this. It starts by saying, we're going to take this piece by piece. It starts by saying, when they arrived at the house, that despite getting the bad news, Jesus didn't stop. Jesus looked at Darius and said, listen, listen, Jairus. He says, he says, uh, don't be afraid. Just have faith. She will be. And then what happens? They continue to walk. And then it says, when they arrived at the house. Yes, the situation was bad. And yes, there was an unexpected dialogue with the woman who got her healing on the way. And yes, the news got worse. But eventually they arrived at the house. And some of us, that is literally the word that we need this morning. That's for somebody, that's your point. Out of all the six we're going to go through, point number three is the one that you got to remember to hold on, to not give up. Watch this, that you are coming into your when they arrived at the house moment, that eventually they got there, that despite the distractions, despite the amount of time that it took, because sometimes we read these stories and we think they live the way we live, that they had cars or something. Who knows how long it took Jairus to get to Jesus? Then who knows how long it took them to get back to the house and on the way getting back to the house they get this bad news but e, i see you nisi but e, watch this even though all that stuff took place guess what still happened they arrived at the house and we can't give up we got to hold on we have to remember that at some point we're going to get to the moment when 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 we get to our what when they arrived at the house moment we have to hold on we have to keep believing because we get to a point where what where they arrive at the house, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Listen, so when you get weak and when you get weary, it says that he gives strength to the weary. Watch this and increases the power of the weak. I'm not strong enough to handle this, but the Bible says he will. He increases what the power of the weak. Even the youth grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fail. It says, but those who hope in the Lord, the King James says, those who wait watch this, on the Lord will what will renew their strength, right? They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Listen, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. It doesn't stop there, Nisi. It says, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised it. That listen, while we are waiting for them to arrive at the house, it says that he will increase the strength of the weary. Uh, he, will, he will give strength to the weary, increase the power of the weak. Watch this. And that we are to hold on and do not waver, understanding that he is what? Faithful that promise, that the same one who promised it is faithful to deliver it. And that we need to make sure that we hold on, understanding the fact that when he promises it, we heard it this morning in the song before we had church, that when he promised it, that we, that we might, if he said it, then we believe if he promised it, it's going to happen. And that moment will come when they will come, what? To the house. And so hold on and understand that what? That your time is coming. That's point number three. Point number four. Watch this, y'all. Here we go. Watch this. So we're talking about things getting worse. Now they're at the house. Watch this. Uh, 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 as, you, as things get worse, you're still believing. You're trying to get through this. It says, watch this, point number four. You may need to tighten up your close circle before you go in the house. Here we go. Here we go. Watch this. You may need to tighten up your close circle before you go in the house. Luke 8, 51. Watch what it says. NLT says, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except for Peter, John, James, the little girl's father and mother, that out of the entire crowd that went, 
And he, they saw the woman with the issue of blood. And remember, this crowd that met Jesus, we read this when we first started, they wanted to see him. Remember, they were looking for him. They said they were waiting by the lake because they were looking for him. So this whole crowd that's watching Jesus, they want to see what is, they want to see what's going to happen with this little girl. Wait, 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 wait. All y'all can't come in. All y'all can't come in. They said, I need Peter. I need John. I can see him looking at it. Okay, I need, I need you. I need Peter. I need John. I need James. I need the parents. Everybody else wait here. No one else goes inside. Watch this. Not everyone who was with them went in with them when they got there. Okay. Not everybody who was with them went in with them when they got there. And that's the mindset that we have to make sure that we have. And we're flexible with that because not everybody who is with me now will be with me when it's time to go into the house. Now understand this. This is not, this is not a beef thing. This is not, are they not good enough? And look at them and look at that. Listen, in this, in, 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 uh, in this account and the other two accounts in Mark, in uh, Mark five and in Matthew nine, they tell the same story. Now in one of these accounts that they mention why Jesus only took a small group. Cause I, I, cause I can go for the low hanging fruit and say, not everybody need to go with you because they can't pray and they don't believe and they don't like you anyway. And they hate us. I could preachers do that. And I've, 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 I've heard it preached that that way and thought it was true until I read the Bible. And but the Bible's not clear as to why Jesus took a small group. He just said these are the ones who are going in. Okay. And so sometimes as you get close to that 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 push, and sometimes when you get close to that when they arrive at the house, that everybody was there, but he only took a small group that went in. The point is, don't you don't have to make bad people or enemies out of those who can't go any further. You know, some people just can't go any further on that particular journey. It's not about them being bad. It's not about them being wrong. It's not about anything with them. It's because, listen, it's not even about them. Nothing was about the crowd in the first place. It was about Jairus's daughter and what Jesus could do for her. At some point, this thing, while we fellowship together and there are times where where, when when it's just got to be you in your prayer closet and, and Pastor Rick cannot come. OK, there's there's a there's time where it's Tanya and Tanya's got to talk to Tanya's got to talk to God. Rick can't be. He did what he says. You, you, you and the parents, you guys come in. Everybody else has to wait out here. It's not about them. It's about where you're going. It ain't personal. It's about God. OK, now watch this. We're going to get to the we, we got another point. Point number five. Watch this. So 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 you only brought a small group. Here's point number five. As you read the story, get ready to stand out and inject faith in the midst of the situation, okay? Understand that you operating in faith sometimes will be totally opposite of everybody that's around you witnessing the situation, okay? That, that, that if you're not comfortable standing out, not just standing out and being different, but standing out and being different in, in truth and in what your faith and your belief and your faith that sometimes you're, if you can't be comfortable standing out, get, get ready for things to not happen. But if you want to, sometimes you're going to have to stand out and it's going, you're going to be the only one. No one else is going to get it. And, but you're going to have to be able to stand out and inject faith in the situation and sometimes be the only one. Luke 8, 52. Let's keep reading the story. It says what? The house was filled with people. So he told, told the crowd, don't come in. Right. He gets the small group. They go in. So now when they get in the house, what happens? The house was what? Filled with people doing what? Weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. So here's Jesus seeing the weeping, seeing the wailing. These people are reacting to the situation based on what they see. 
She's dead. And they're weeping that they were sad. Listen, she, some of them were probably already there. Right. And before Jairus went to go get Jesus. And so they're there. And then so obviously someone, in the, they saw her die. Someone in the group left to go tell Jairus, remember not to bother Jesus with this. So they had been there and they saw this. And that makes sense that they would weep and that they would be sad. But here comes Jesus injecting faith right in the middle of the situation. The only one, he says, stop weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. And sometimes when we come in these situations, we have to, we have to be, and sometimes we're the only one who is speaking faith. And we go back and listen to our uh, message on uh, speech therapy, that whole series. We have to speak what it will be. We have to speak from a place of faith. We have to speak what God told us right in the middle, even when things are opposite of what we believe. We still go back to speech therapy. We speak from a place of authority. We speak from a place of faith and we speak the word of God in those situations, no matter. And the, and the thing is, sometimes you will be what? The only one saying those things. Watch this. Point number six. Y'all going to like this. Point number six. At times you got to get rid of doubters. Okay. Now remember some people couldn't go in, but now some people have to get out. Okay. Listen, not everybody could go in. They told them all you guys can't go. Just, just these five and me is what Jesus said. And then they get in. And then he says, some people have to get out. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke 8, 53. Let's keep the story going. It says, but the crowd laughed at him uh, because all they because they all knew that she had died. So when I watch this, here's, here's Jesus, someone who can do something about the situation. They're all sad. They're crying. They're weeping. They're mourning. Then Jesus says, stop weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Their response to his statement of faith was what? Laughing at him. Listen, isn't it funny how they were all down to cry? They were all down to weep, weeping. They were all down for wailing about the situation. But the minute faith was injected, they laughed at it and didn't take it seriously. I'm telling you, there are some people who would rather uh, you cry, who would rather you stay sad, who would rather you stay disappointed than even talk about things getting better. Oh, we love it when Mike and we love it when Gina are disappointed or when Nisi's sad. It is amazing to me that as long as you, as long as if Jesus would have came in there, I see you, Tanya, if Tanya, if Jesus would have came in there sad and crying and disappointed and like, oh no, you know, how could this, they would, they would have embraced them. They would have cried with them. They wanted him sad and disappointed. But the minute he says, stop, stop weeping, stop. Listen, and, and sometimes, sometimes that's what happens with us. And we need to tell ourselves, listen, we, whether it's that financial thing you're waiting for, whether it's that relational thing, you, whatever it is, sometimes you have to tell yourself, stop weeping. This situation is not over. Okay, listen, I stop weeping. Stop being sad. Speak to yourself. Stop being disappointed. And listen, sometimes watch this. And, and, sometimes, and, 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 and it's, it's our own mind and our own. Sometimes it's not everybody else. And, 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 and sometimes we love to be our own pity party. We love to tell ourselves about how bad our situation is. We love to tell ourselves about how bad everybody else is. And we love to tell us. And so we keep this pity party. But at some point, the spirit of God in you is going to stand up to you and tell you to shut up. Stop the whining. 
Stop the, st- do not be afraid, okay? That this situation is not dead, right? That she is only, what? Sleep. I see you, but they'd rather, watch this, they'd rather you cry. They'd rather you stay sad, Brenda. they rather than even, watch this, watch this. They laughed and Jesus didn't even do anything. All he said was, stop, stop weeping. She's not dead. Then they start laughing. That, that once you even start talking positive, you ever come up and it's like, you can't say anything positive. Like, you know, like I, like, I know what the bank situation is. I know what this is. I know what the job, I know what the income is. But man, can we at least dream? Can we at least talk big? Can we at least expect big? Can we at least imagine? This is one thing I love about kids. I swear to goodness, sometimes I watch Manny and to watch him play in his own world of imagination. And I'm just like, why can't we do that as adults? And why can't we just imagine? Listen, what, why, why people got to rain in your parade? Listen, Sister Karen, why can't we just, why can't we just think everything's going to be okay? Why can't we just think that we'll be debt free? How can we just can't think that we won't owe anybody anything that we will, that, that, that we won't, uh, that we will be the, the, the lender and not the borrower? How can we just can't Think that that people in our in our families who we we're close with will, will will come to Christ. How come we just can't think that a certain individual can be off drugs and can be off alcohol? How come? What is it about even thinking the good thing that make people laugh and act like it's silly? Oh, come on! All Jesus Jesus says, "Stop weeping. She's not dead. She's asleep." And they laugh. <laughs> and they laugh. Why can't we just talk it? I see you, Brenda. They don't understand. They think we're foolish. That's right. Why, why, why can't we just imagine? And it's not that we're imagining bad things. What if, why can't we imagine things being good? Well, you can't even talk about something being good around certain people because they only want to hear it. No, it ain't going to happen. It's like, can we at least just talk about what if we, uh, I'm, let's just imagine. But, but, but listen, I'm saying this and I'm harping on this imagine thing because it has to do with your faith. So watch this. It says he, he now he's willing, he's uh, he, he can do above and above, uh, uh, beyond and above all that we could what ask or think. Some of us don't even think we, we don't even ask big because we don't think big. he can do above all we can what ask or think. And, 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 and the problem is right there that we don't even think it more or less ask it. I'm just saying, give listen for for the next month. Here's an impact project for the next month. That's right, see, exceedingly abundant. Listen, not only can he do above what we can ask to think, he can do exceedingly abundantly. So what? So here's our impact project. Take the cap off your thinking. Even if you think it's silly, start to um, just imagine. I'm not even asking you to believe it will happen. We're going to take it step by step for the doubters. For the negative people, we're going to go step by step. I don't even want to start talking about you believing it can happen just imagining, just imagine it. Let's start with the first step, imagining. Let's just imagine positivity, positivity in your life. Let's just imagine things working out good. Let's just imagine you being good enough for, let's just imagine you getting it. Let's just imagine, let's, let's, let's not even, I see you, Crystal. Let's not even talk about believing that it will happen or having faith for it to happen. Let's just start with imagining it, okay? That's our project. And I want to hear a story of, I started thinking this, I started thinking this, I started thinking this, and let's see, see what happens the moment we start imagining. Now watch this, in Luke, it doesn't mention this part of the account, but in Matthew, it does. Matthew 9, 25 and Mark 5, 40. Watch this, Matthew 9, 25, this is the same account. Luke doesn't mention this. But here's what it says in Matthew. After the crowd had been put outside, <laughs> Matthew says, 
The next thing Matthew says in this account is, is after the crowd had been put outside. Mark says it this way, but they laughed at him, which we read, but they laughed. And then Mark's the next sentence says, after he put them all out. Okay, listen, listen. So now, now we can get to your favorite part about putting people out your lives. So that's what we like to do in church. I talk about putting everybody out my life, get them out of here. They don't belong. So, so now we get to get to get to your favorite part about putting people out. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the people who couldn't come in. You know, that was for a different reason. These people had to get out. Watch this. There, and this is this is true, y'all. Watch this, Brenda. There are uh, there are some that will have to be put out. Okay. Now watch this. Here's the thing you got to understand. They didn't leave. Jesus had to put them out. The problem is you've got these negative stuff going on. You got these negative people and you're waiting for them to leave. They're not going to leave. You've got to put them out. Jesus actively do it. Says, he says, but they laughed at him after he put them all out. He said, you got to go. You've got to go. Watch this. I can't tell you everything that I'm believing. You got to go. Okay, watch this. I can't share with you what God has on the inside of me. You got to go. You laugh too much. You think it's funny. Can't have you around with that. Watch this. You're more interested in weeping and mourning death than you are in believing for resurrection. You have to go. Okay, watch this. Listen, you'd rather cry and mourn. Watch this and be around death than even think about the possibility of resurrection. You have to go. You got to get out. Watch this. You'd rather gossip than to pray. You got to go. You'd, you'd rather talk. You'd rather talk about Nisi. You'd rather talk about Sister Karen than to help them. You got to go. You watch this. Brenda, Brenda spent all her time over at our house gossip about Crystal. Brenda rather gossip about I'm not, not Brenda. Brenda, don't do that. We rather you rather sit around and talk about Montana than to be a friend and help Montana. You got to go. You'd rather watch this. You'd rather do church than to be the church. You have to go. Okay. You'd rather laugh at faith talk instead of joining in agreement. Those are the ones, watch this, that have to go. Because once he did that, once he got them out of there, what does the story say? Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned. She immediately stood up and then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. I think that that is really, really funny that Luke included the fact that after she rose, Jesus said, okay, get her, feed her. Okay. <laughs> She's hungry. Jesus says, get her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. He had to what? Put them out. All right. So just because God says yes, doesn't mean what? That things may not get, that things may get worse. That sometimes you get that yes from God and things get worse. But, but, but what? God is well aware of the current state of our affairs and he will respond. We have to shift our focus from the now and focus on what will be. We have to understand that our time is coming. Remember, the Bible says when they arrived at the house. Don't forget, they arrived at the house after the girl was already in distress, after the distraction, and then after the bad news came. So even after the bad news, Jesus is what? Still on his way. Okay, you just, God is still working on your stuff. God is still preparing things for you, even though things may get bad. And at some point, they will what? Arrive at the house. Uh, point four was what? You may need to tighten up your close circle before you go in. Everybody came to the house. Jesus called out three and the parents and said, all right, uh, uh, you guys come in. Everybody else has got to stay out. Uh, point five was get ready to stand out and inject faith in the midst of the situation. Sometimes you'll be the only one. And point six was you got to get rid of the doubters. Even watch this, even when, because for some of us, we talked about this, the main doubter in our life is us. 
Like we don't think we can do it or we think it's not going to happen. And, and, and there's that dichotomy. Remember the guy who, taught, who said to Jesus, he says, do you believe? And he says, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. A lot of us have that where we believe he can do it, but we still have this place where we doubt. And sometimes the, sometimes the first person who we need to put out of the room is ourselves. We got to put us out of the room, that part of us that, that's struggling, that part of us that's not believing and say, listen, I believe, but help my unbelief. Listen, I believe the doubter in me. You got to go. You have to leave. You, you got to go. And for some of us, that's our prayer today. That's got to be our prayer that 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 from this moment on, I'm going to deal with the doubting me from this point on. The doubting me has to go at, at least at least don't make the doubting you feel welcomed in the house. Okay. Some of us are too comfortable with doubting and thinking it can't happen. We need to tell ourselves the doubting me can no longer exist here. Pack up because you got to leave. You got to go. Let's pray.